0: We are the New York Knicks. We are the New York Knicks. Say go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York, go. New York, go New York, go. New York, New York, We're back on track on the floor scoring Morris ninety four, and the Knicks are hardcore. And I'll tell you like this, we ain't never looked sharp we Hubert. You are now listening to the Knicks State of Mind podcast,
1: presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Knicks State of Mind Podcast. All-Star break is over, second half of the season is upon us, uh, and before we get into the I guess, the New York Knicks topics that we have, um, and as painful it is to sit here and have to try to talk about the Knicks each week... Um, we we need a little bit of a break of talking about the Knicks and the, the pessimistic viewpoints that we can't help but have because that's just the life of a Knicks fan. It's it's miserable. Uh, so to kind of change it up, just to start off with, um, we're All Star Weekend which was just last week. Um, basically, just sum it up. Uh, give us uh, give our our thoughts uh, this past weekend. Uh, the new format of the game. How everything went out, yeah. Of course, the three-point shootout, slam dunk contest, skills competition, the rookie sophomore game—all that good stuff. So, Chip, starting with you, uh, give me give me your thoughts on this past All Star weekend.
0: Well, it was fun to watch. I mean, and typically, and this is coming from a guy who really doesn't care that much about All Star weekend almost all the time. Uh, the slam dunk contest was. Pretty awesome. Uh, I liked... uh, I'm a big Donovan Mitchell fan. I've talked about him on the show before. Uh, I didn't really understand the Vince Carter tribute. uh, uh, The whole thing. Uh, I guess he's a fan. But uh, I thought it was really cool how he involved his sister and everything. Uh, I thought that was nice. I, I didn't understand why he... Had uh, he had his sister and Kevin Hart out there, uh, or, or had uh, Kevin Hart out there with his sister? Um, I thought he uh, the uh, who was the other guy he had out there. The other tribute he did the tribute to the guy from the Utah Jazz, right? Daryl Griffith, I think. Yeah, because he wore yeah he wore the short shorts. I thought that was that was really cool that he wore like the old school. Utah Jazz jersey and the short shorts and stuff, and that was really cool. And uh, I thought the best dunk though was when he jumped over his sister and Kevin Hart and called the ball like really low. That was cool. Hey, the Vince Carter dunk wasn't even that nice of a dunk, yeah, but um, that was terrible. That got all like the love that the celebrity judges were horrendous. Uh, they should never have like a guy like Mark Wahlberg judging dunks that that was just atrocious and unforgivable. But I think Dennis Smith junior was fun to watch. Uh, I think from now on, maybe they should think about making it only rookies on there rookies and second year guys, Victor Oladipo was fun. Oh, the black Panther thing was really cool too. I got to mention that the black Panther thing was very cool. And having the guy from black Panther, uh, right next to the, right on the sidelines there. That was very cool. Um, uh, the three point was actually kind of disappointing yes, with all those yes, loaded guys in there. Uh, typically I'm a big fan of the three point more than anything else, but, uh, it wasn't, you know, Devin Booker, uh, me and you were talking before and Devin Booker, uh, it's hard to be fun to watch on a bad team, but Devin Booker is pretty much always fun to watch. Cause you know, he can score 40 or 50 any given night. And he made that as fun to watch as you possibly could. He's fun to watch guy. but you know, the skills competition, it was good to see a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie win something on all-star weekend because, you know, he's a guy who's been dumped by multiple teams, uh, given up on by multiple teams. I mean, like the Pistons signed him or whatever and uh it's they picked him went like at the end of the second round or like the middle of the second round in 2014, then they gave up on him after just 2 years and the Nets picked him up and now he's having like the best year of his career after Jeremy Lin got hurt. And you know, it's just a cool story. He's like 24, 25 years old and um he, I, I assume he never would have thought he would be participating at All-Star Weekend. So it's fun to watch. And uh, Look, I know people were praising with the All-Star Game, saying that players were more engaged and whatever. And I guess they were, but look, I, I just have no interest in watching the All-Star Game. It's an exhibition. So I think the other stuff is cooler, and uh, I really just don't care about the All-Star Game. And as far as like the celebrity game, I I don't even consider <laughs> yeah. that a part of what what goes on. <laughs> I yeah. don't. All I know is all I know is Bubba Watson got a shot blocked by Tracy McGrady, which I watched a video of
1: that. It was funny. You know, uh, Friday night, I, I usually do like to watch a celebrity game. It can be, you know, just for the, there's usually a good comedian there. Like, Kevin Hart had many great years of uh, playing in the celebrity game and just making it entertaining. Obviously, a game is going to be absolutely terrible. You don't care about that, but you just get a good laugh of watching somebody running around like a clown. Uh, By, like, the third year that Kevin Hart was doing it, I think it was in Toronto, and he coached half the game when they came in out of retirement to play. I thought that was stupid. It got a little (laughs) old. Uh but before Kevin Hart, you know, there was Chris Tucker that used to play, you know, Chris Tucker from the Rush Hour movies and the first Friday. He was he's hysterical. Um he used to play in it. And you can hear him from the bench, it's how loud he was. Um So I I do enjoy watching the celebrity game just for the fun that you know they could have with it. This year though, I did not hearing the names who were playing in the game, it was not entertaining, I didn't care, I didn't watch it, no idea what happened, Um, and really, the same thing for the the rookie and sophomore game, which is the U.S. versus the world, the young talent in the league, I I just never really enjoyed those games, Um, didn't really pay a whole lot to it, I know Frank Nilekina played in it, uh, but you know, me and you, Chip, were talking a little bit before the show about him in it, and it's not really his kind of style of play. Uh, that game is more of a flashy, uh, you know, offensive uh, performance type game. And that's not Neil Aquino. He's not, he can be a little flashy with his passes perhaps, but he's not a very skillful offensive threat. So he, nothing really exciting. It's not like when Porzingis played in a few years ago and, you know, you knew Przingis was going to have a big night, and he did in both the years that he played in the game, which is why I was disappointed that he got hurt and couldn't play in this past All Star game. That 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 was disappointing because uh, I think he would have been a, probably had a very big, solid performance in that because I, I know he would have loved to play in the game, um, and he definitely would have been one of those guys. I think that would have been taking it maybe obviously not as serious as a real game, but. Definitely would have been focused a little bit more and played with a little bit more pep in his step than most. And a lot of young guys who are there for the first time typically do. Uh, it's you know their first time experiencing something like that. So Saturday night, I actually did not get a chance to watch. This is the first time in years that I did not get to watch Saturday night. Uh, so what I've seen were just highlights, bits and pieces, and then what I've heard about it. Um so, did not see anything about the skill competition. I know it's pretty sad that I'm like a Nick fan, a big you know New York sport fan, uh, you know originally from there and all that, and I just don't pay attention to Brooklyn. So this witty guy, I have no clue who he is, none whatsoever. But that is sad. It's very sad. Way, I mean, I work in <laughs> sport for a living, and I can't <laughs> tell you who that guy is at all. I can't tell you anybody in Brooklyn. I can't barely. Uh, and I, somebody was telling me about him that they think he was going to win, and I was like, sure, sure, and he won. <laughs> and I was like, okay, maybe I should pay attention more to him, um, study up on him. So it's nice when somebody wins something like that from a team that's not really doing much. I remember, you know, when Brizengas won last year, it was it was the highlight of the season that that we had somebody win a, a competition at the All Star game. We got to see a Nick player hold up a trophy. That's the only God, trophy they were going to hold up. You know that's what I mean? so sad. So, yeah, it is sad. It is sad. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't get to see uh, the events. I, I heard – I hate that they took away that shooting star competition, the one where they had the uh, current player, a WNBA player, and a legend, and they would oh, to take a right, shot and right. take the half. Yeah, I loved I that, that one. I'm just mad. I, I hate that they took that away. Um, that was my favorite one to watch just cause it was fun. Uh, but the three point shootout, I, once Curry and all that said they weren't going to do it, I, I kind of lost interest anyway, probably wouldn't have paid attention to it even if I was able to. Um, so I heard it was disappointing. Chip, I know you just kind of said it was kind of disappointing. It's something that a lot of people usually look forward to and that just was not the case this season, uh, or, or in this season. Three-point shooting contest, Devin Booker won it. That guy is, You a lot of people probably don't know it because he plays for the Phoenix Suns, but he's a phenomenal player. Uh, so congratulations to him. The slam dunk contest, I did see all the highlights. Uh, there were some impressive dunks in there. Uh, you know, Larry Nance Jr., the double tap off the backboard. Like, it didn't look in real time, it didn't look that nice, but go try that. Go throw it off the glass, catch tip it back off the glass, dunk it again before you hit the ground. Just try that. That that is not easy to do. He made that look very easy. Um, I think it was Donovan Mitchell that th- brought in that extra hoop and then threw it off the side glass and then caught oh, it and yeah, slammed that was it. Amazing. I, I love that. I thought that wow. was impressive. Um, and I'm not shocked that Donovan Mitchell uh, won it. To be honest, though, of course, you know my pick to win it was uh, Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, so of course, of course, yeah, that guy just he's got some bounce he had some impressive dunks in there uh, and. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, Chip, when you said you think rookies and maybe sophomores should just do the slam dunk contest because here's the thing. None of these big-time celebrities are doing it anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and if LeBron James says he wanted to do it, then you change that rule real fast and put him in there. You know what I mean? You ain't going to be a, a fool now, but they don't do it. So a lot of the times it's just these young guys anyway. Sometimes there's people in the dunk contest you don't ever hear they, you know, they're, just, they're a good dunker, and they sit on the bench, so they're in Uh, which is always disappointing. But lately, I think the last few years, they've been getting some relevant guys in there. Um, So, you know, Saturday night was Saturday night. Didn't really get to see it. Heard, you know, some mixed things. Now, Sunday I did get to see. I do watch the All-Star game every year, even though it's awful. Um, I did enjoy the format this year that they changed it up because at first I didn't like it because I want to see the Eastern Conference just, like, you know, beat the Western Conference for once. But then you realize that's just never going to happen. There's too much talent out west. So it was cool. Um, I did think the players played harder. I, I, LeBron looked like he won in this game like it was Game 7 in the NBA Finals. I mean, he he, he was dead serious. I, I never thought LeBron would win another MVP in an All-Star game. It, it's not important. But maybe he knows he's not going to hold up another trophy either. So he might as well hold that one. Uh, Because I don't think Cleveland—I know they were my pick early on.
0: Good point. (laughs) But
1: I don't think he's going to be holding up a title this year. Um, I will say, before the game, the the entertainment uh, with Kevin Hart and Rob Riggle and the introduction of players was awful. I almost shut off the game because it was long and boring and terrible and not funny. And then, of course, Fergie, who should never be allowed to sing a national anthem ever again. I don't know if she was drunk. She sounded like it. Terrible. And that's where I'm going to leave it at because this segment is way overdue. And when we come back, we will talk about the New York Knicks. We'll, we, we went over the drafts, or not the draft, their, their trades that they made uh, before the deadline. Now we'll put a grade to it. So we'll be right back after this break. Hi, everybody. Matt Castillo here, writer at EliteSports.com and co-host of the Next State of Mind podcast. Just wanted to take this time to thank the fans and remind listeners to follow our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter at NYKSOM Podcast or on our Facebook page at the Knicks State of Mind Podcast. Come be a part of the discussion. We want to hear from you and talk about the Knicks. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind Podcast. So in our last episode, we talked about all the trades the Knicks made and some of the trades they didn't make uh, that they probably should have made, but you know, perhaps they tried. Maybe the market wasn't right. I don't know. But uh, we'll give a grade to what we think the Knicks, um, how they did at the trade deadline. Again, uh, we would love to hear from you. Just tweet us at NYKSOMpodcast. uh, That's on Twitter. And then our Facebook page is the Knicks State of Mind podcast uh, page. You can search for us there and and let us know what you think. Tell us um, how you feel like the Knicks made out for the trade deadline. So Chip, we'll start with you. Uh, If you had to put a grade on it, what would you give the Knicks? My grade would be a C because
0: I thought that if they had stopped with the trade they made the day before the trade deadline, the Billy Hernan Gomez trade to Charlotte, I would have given them an F. Yeah. But I look, as much as I said, uh, I guess it was last week, uh, I'm not an Emmanuel Moutier fan. I have to give them at least a B minus or a B for taking a shot on the guy because previous regimes would not have even had the shot, would not have even had the guts to take a shot on a guy like that who's kind of considered like a quasi-bust type of guy, you know? So the Knicks are in a position where they can uh, do something like that and I like the idea of maybe pairing him with Frank. Now people are – I don't like the idea people are starting to already say, oh, this is going to mess with Frank. Uh, maybe Frank should be moved off the ball, be made a shooting guard. But I do like the Moutier trade because you're just taking a flyer on him. This deal expires at the end of next year, and all you had to give up was a guy who's not going to be on the team next year anyway. So I think the Mudier trade does get a high grade, but I'm still upset about the Billy Hernan Gomez thing. I thought you gave away a guy who you had under team control for at least multiple seasons, two plus years, and you gave him away for absolutely nothing. Um, unless he walks into your office and says, "I'm not playing for you anymore," then why are you making this trade? I I, I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, especially with the way things are right now, where Hornacek just is starting Emmanuel Moutier. I mean, and moving Jared Jack to the bench. So if he's going with a youth movement right now, wouldn't it make sense for him to do something like take Kylo Quinn out of the rotation and put Billy Hernan Gomez into the rotation? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we're filming this, we're recording this during the Orlando Magic game. Uh, on Thursday and Luke Cornette is playing in the game with four minutes and 50 seconds in the second quarter. Wouldn't it be more beneficial to the Knicks if Billy Hernan Gomez was on the roster instead of Luke Cornette? I know Knicks fans really soured on Billy Hernan Gomez, which I never understood because he never even played, Mm -hmm. but God, look, the guy couldn't play any defense. We all knew that, but he could score. And look, the only reason letting Billy Hernan Gomez go, Matt, I will say this. The only reason letting him go makes sense is if they plan to keep Ennis Cantor for the, long, for the okay. future in the long term. That's, that's the only reason it makes sense.
1: Okay. I, I think that's mm-hmm. fair. I think that's fair to say. Um, mm-hmm. You know, overall, I give it a D. You know, I, I'm, I'm with you that I, it was a head scratcher to me that they just let Willie Hernan Gomez walk. I think they got two second round picks for them and they're, they're not even next year's draft. So yeah, at least picks. Yeah. at least you're getting some picks, but they're second round, not even in next year's draft. You don't know. They may mm-hmm. become they they could be a part of, you know, you have some extra draft picks, maybe you can include them in a trade. So you have something. I get that. But it's not very exciting. The only thing that I can say that will make that trade seem a little bit better is if Luke Cornett can somehow show that he can pan out. I think he had a very nice debut with a game against Toronto. Excited a lot of fans. I mean, I play in fantasy basketball leagues, and everybody in the league seemed to go try to pick him up in all the leagues that I was in. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, it was one game. Do they not know the Knicks? They don't play anybody consistently. You'll play one night in Hornacek's offense, and then you won't play for another five days. Um, so ask Trey Burke about that exactly. You know, it's that's the way it was for Her- uh, uh, Willie Hern Gomez last year or Billy Hern Gomez last year. He, uh, early on, at least, you know he would play one night and then not touch the floor for another two weeks. It was it was weird, and even when he played well, it was the same thing. It was like the next night you expect him out there and he wasn't. Um, so that's kind of how the rotation works with Hornacek. So the only way I think that trade looks smarter is if Cornette. Pans out, and you have some guy to kind of replace Heron Gomez. That's the only only thing that I think would make me feel better about the trade. I didn't like it. Then they bring in Moutier. Yes, he's young. Yes, he can still turn out to be a nice player. He's only twenty one or, or around there. He's young. He, you know, he's still learning the game. So, can that chance kind of could that could that turn into a big reward for the Knicks? Absolutely, I doubt it. I don't think very much of him. I never thought really much of his game. Um, I'm rooting for him. Don't get me wrong. It's not that I'm saying I want him to do poorly so I can say I'm right. I don't want that. I hope he proves me wrong. Same thing that I always say with Frank Nealakina. Nilo- uh, so it's to me, it's it's kind of like something they're just trying. They're adding another guard to the roster uh, and because I, I just think that they're trying to figure that position out, and they've been trying to figure out that position for years. So they're just trying young guys. They don't know what they're doing when it comes to a point guard. That's obvious. Uh, obviously, Luca. they're going with Jared Luca. Jack for as long as that they did. So the point guard situation is still a mess, and it's hard to even kind of pinpoint it because you just don't ever know who's going to get minutes here and there. It kind of appears now that Jared Jack is finally going to kind of be pushed to the side. And it's not that he didn't do a nice job. did a, He did a really great job for it at 33, 30, 34 years old uh, and provided the Knicks with really solid minutes. But the point is this year we're not going anywhere. These young guys have to develop. So it's it's hopefully one of these guys can emerge. Uh, but again, with the Moutier trade, I just, I'm, I am I doubt it. I, I'm not a very big Moutier fan. I'm hoping, again, I'm hoping that he proves me wrong. And the reason why I give them a D as well is because there's two guys on the roster that the Knicks should have traded. Courtney Lee and Kyle O'Quinn. Who I have, I love both of them. I don't want to see them go. I'm excited that they're still here so I can still watch them and root for them. I love Courtney Lee. I love Kyle O'Quinn. But... We're not gonna win with them. That is where you tried to get better draft picks and two second round picks in 2022 and 21, whatever it was that we got picks. Those guys are very valuable. Can help teams that are contending right now. They could play. Courtney Lee could play a huge role on a championship contending team. He could play. He can play a huge role. He's somebody that's been in the postseason. And has played very well. You think back to his rookie year with Orlando, and how they they knocked off the Cleveland Cavaliers in five games that that series. He was a big part of it. I know Dwight Howard was a, a much better player than what he is now, um, but Courtney Lee, I remember as a rookie, his name came up constantly in that series. He can help out a team right now. So he's maybe, played
0: on great teams. Exactly. Boston's. He's played Boston with Doc. Uh, he's played in Memphis on those Marc Gasol, great and grind teams. He's played on some great teams.
1: Yep. And he should be a guy that definitely teams probably have interest in. Now, did the Knicks try? Maybe they did. Maybe they felt like they were getting low, low ball. Uh, and if that's the case, they felt like it's not worth trading when he could still help out these younger guys here, still play a role with this team. And, uh, you know, maybe... I think he he's under contract another year so you could try again next year if the market wasn't right. I don't know if they tried. Hopefully they did try, but it's the Knicks. You don't ever know. Uh, and, I look, even if it was, I don't know if teams would be willing to give a first-round pick just for Courtney Lee. Uh, so I, I have a feeling the Knicks probably did try to get first-round picks, and I don't think teams were willing to do it. Maybe, maybe even early second-round picks would have been better than nothing. I, I just don't think the Knicks have somebody on their roster that gives them first-round picks other than Przingis, to be honest. So I would have tried to get at least an early second-round pick, and if that was offered, I think they should have done it. I, I just don't think there's any point of having those guys on our team. We're not going anywhere with them, as much as I love them. That is a dead on a try. I don't ever say anything bad about Courtney Lee. I don't say anything bad about Kyle Quinn, Ever. I don't ever, you don't ever see me or hear me say anything negative about them. This is not a, I don't want them. It's just what's better for the team. What's better for the team is that they're not here. So I was disappointed that we did not trade him. So that's why I give it a D. You know, the Heron Gomez trade didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So now we're relying on Cornet to kind of hopefully fill that void. And we're gambling with Moudier, who I don't think is going to turn out to be a big star player. I know he's young, he still has a chance, I just don't see it. And then we have two guys on the roster that we should have traded. I think that hurts. So overall, I give this team a, a D. Uh, and we'll we'll leave it right here, and we'll come back and finish up the show with our second-half uh, predictions. What, what, what are we going to see from the Knicks here in the second half? We'll be back in just a moment.
0: Hi everybody, this is Chip Murphy, co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com. To follow my work, you can find me on Twitter at at @ChipperMurphy.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to the final segment of the Knicks State of Mind podcast. Second half starts tonight for the NBA season, there's probably 29-30 games left, not that much. Uh, remaining in the next season. Yeah, right now they're playing the Magic. They're losing right now. You'll know the result by the time that you hear this. Hopefully it's a loss because we just need to keep losing. That's the best <laughs> thing for us. I know that's negative, but that's, that's just the dead honest truth. Don't get me wrong. If we win a game, my my pride, pride factor will kick in, and I'll be excited either way. But when we lose, I'm not going to be upset. It's the best thing for us. But in this second half, Obviously, what do we expect? We're going to lose a lot. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about rotation, guys that you'll probably see more minutes of, things like that. A little bit deeper into the obvious, we're going to lose. So, Chip, with that being said, how do you see the second half playing out?
0: I see them losing a lot of games. Yes. Yeah, whether or not they were trying to – or whether or not they're tanking, uh, I mean, it doesn't really matter. They're going to lose a lot of games. You know, how many games have they played? What fifty-nine so far? Uh, like you said, we're doing this as they're during halftime. It's currently halftime with the Orlando Magic game. So they've this is their sixtieth game, I guess tonight. So they still have twenty-two after this one. I don't think they'll win, but ten of those, I'd be shocked. I yeah. I think at most, yeah. Uh, I think at most they win what, like seven of those.
1: I would, I would hope lower.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I hope lower. Yeah, uh, if they win like five of those next twenty-two, I think that'd be impressive. Yep. To be honest, uh, I mean, their schedule, their schedule. They have some easy games down the stretch that they should win. They got the Bulls at home. Uh, they get the Mavericks at home. We lose to the Bulls. Um, we can't beat them. Yeah, we, we do lose to the Bulls, but we also – we're losing the, ma- the Magic right now. But uh, in April, we do get the Magic at home. Um, we also get – well, it's at the Hornets, but the Hornets aren't playing very well. Jeez, uh, there's really – not. those are really the only <laughs> – the schedule is pretty hard in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We play the Kings, but it's in Sacramento. Uh, The Kings, but, jeez, I don't think that's – the Kings are so freaking bad. I think even the Knicks can beat the Kings on the road. Um, No, I think there's like – yeah, I think there's like five winnable games in there. But they'll probably get lucky with like two or three. I see them winning like seven or eight down the stretch. Okay. So I don't think they'll win ten. But uh, I see a lot of young players getting playing time, obviously, because that's the plan here. Moutier starting. Uh, One thing I see is at some point, I think Frank will get a significant, uh, significant boost in playing time because there really is no point in this Courtney Lee being in the starting lineup thing. I'm not sure if Frank will move in there, but he should. And I think that eventually Frank will start closing out games. I hope that's what happens anyway. Um, and I think Hornacek's rotations are so bad that he's going to need to start changing them up, like trying some different things. Like he's, like he keeps doing this, uh, doing the same stuff, and it's just not working. Obviously, so I see him. Trying some different combinations with uh, Emmanuel Mudiay and Frankie Laquina and uh, eventually maybe starting the two of them together. I think that's a possibility, a very real one.
1: Yeah, I, look, rotation wise, it's I, and I've heard that you know some feel like Mudiay really shouldn't be starting, and that it should be Trey Burke and and Frankie getting the minutes. Look. I just want to say to those that I, I've seen, and, and again, I talk about this a lot, that I, I follow a lot of pages because I, I want to see what, what fans are thinking, what they're talking about, um, and it, it does help us on this show. You know, talk about topics that are being spoken about through these fan pages and, and on social media and just really on the Internet. Um, so that I have seen a lot say that Trey Burke and, and Frank Nealistina are the guys that need the minutes. They traded for Moutier for a reason. Mm-hmm. They want to take a look at Don't Don't forget, he's, he's only 21. He's young. I know he's been in the league for a few more years, but he's young. So, yeah, he is just a part of that youth movement that we're going to see. And the Knicks are not going to just trade for him to give him like two weeks to kind of show what they're going to do. No, he's going to be out there because they need to know what exactly they got. It, can he develop into a player? So he's just as important to be out there as Frank Nilekina and even Trey Burke, I guess. Um, Really, out of those three, the least important of that three is Trey Burke. Frank Nilekina is our draft pick, and and Moody is a guy we traded for. Trey Burke is just a guy that we called up from our G League team, who I'm interested in seeing more. I'm not going to lie. I want to see him out there, and I want to see what he can bring. But you're going to see a lot of Moutier, and that's obvious. We traded for him. I don't know why everybody's shocked to see him out there although for those who think that he should be out there less. And, and another guy that I think that needs more playing time out there is Damian Dotson. And I, I agree with you, Chip. I think eventually Courtney Lee is going to be a guy that kind of slips out of the rotation, which is exactly why we should have traded him because it's disappointing that a player like him that could be helping out another team is probably going to be playing less and less because this dick team's so bad they're going to be out of it. But Damian Dotson, uh, is a guy that's going to reap the benefit of that. Yeah, maybe Neil Aquino plays a little bit of shooting guard as well to see if he can be a two guard and also obviously mix it in with the point guard. But you know, Dotson is a guy that I, I look forward to playing or seeing play. You know, every time he's out there. I, I know um, in this Magic game he's been out there with a few minutes. I've seen him knock down a three. Uh, I I I've been very high on Dotson since we we drafted him. Very high on him. Um, so I, I, he's one of those young guys that I want to see play and play well. Um, but yeah, look, we're going to see a lot of these young guys. And I think, yeah, before the all-star break, it was playing the veterans. The veterans were out there. Hornacek was throwing them out there, but Chip, me and you were talking about this again before the show. Uh, there probably was a good heart to heart with the organization and Hornacek saying that these young guys are going to play. And I think that's what is required. There's going to be oh, no yeah,
0: more. For sure.
1: There's going to be no more of this. Play Jared Jack thirty minutes because you're trying to save your job. stuff. it's not going to happen. Uh, you, if you're going to save your job, it's exactly what I kind of been talking about. Is that these young guys are developing under you. I don't think they necessarily have to win games. Like Brett Brown of uh, the the Seventy Sixers, he didn't win games, but some of those young guys were developing. They played hard every night. That's why he remained their coach when they were winning 13, 14 basketball games. So it's possible to, and I know New York is New York, we expect to win even you know, if we had the G League team up. Yeah, that's just the <laughs> expectations. But if these young guys are showing promise, it could help them. So this youth movement's going to happen. You're not going to see Jared Jack playing 30 minutes ever again the rest of the season. It's not going to happen. He's going to have a lot of DMPs. He might get some minutes here and there. Uh, you know, maybe some of the games the Knicks are kind of into and that he's already not just coming obviously cold off the bench, but, you know, he's played a little bit, that he might get a little bit run late in some games. Uh, but you're going to see these young guys. You're going to see Neil Aquino out there more. I agree. I think eventually he's probably going to get moved into the starting rotation. If not, that kind of worries me. Maybe the Knicks feel like, oh, he's not going to be a starting point guard. I think you got to try to give him at least some starts to see what he can do with it and go from there. So it, it's we're going to lose a lot of games. That's the obvious. Uh, you guys all know that. I'm not telling you anything new. And even maybe some of this young players playing might not sound like that's something you don't know. But here's the thing. How in a sec hasn't done it yet until right now. And that, I, the only thing that I can see is that the organization says the young guys need to be out there and play. We're going to see a lot of these veterans minutes cut. More young guys like a Damian Dotson, like Cornette, uh, like some of these other G League players that got called up, are going to have an opportunity to play. But with that being said, we are going to wrap up the show. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Nick's State of Mind podcast.